0: You're listening to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions, and I'm your host, Michelle dawes Fasten your seatbelts as it's sure to be an informative discussion and conversation. Keep in mind that we are not perfect, but we're empowered. Enjoy. Thank you all for checking this out. Listen, I'm going to just get right to it because like both my guests today, these guys are heavyweights. Not only do I know them personally. But I respect what they do professionally. But I want to welcome all the new listeners and thank you guys for taking some time to check us out. Let me give you a little bit of background about what Real Chicks Rock is all about. We're all about creatively collaborating, connecting, and raising awareness regarding issues that impact women. And we've been doing this now through community service, public speaking, mentoring, workshops, and the arts. And those that know, I've been doing this. Carl told me, you know, before we started, he said, Michelle, I've been on the show like four times. I've been doing this show since uh, April of 2016. So we've been doing this for a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before yeah, people yeah, know what yeah, podcast
1: yeah, was. Yeah, before people jumping in and now. Everybody jumping in. Before, in now,
0: everybody jumping in, right here. doing it. So let's get into it. Today's topic is real estate and finance, <laughs> right? We can't never talk enough about that. We rub our hands. Every time we talk about that, you know, there's a lot of people that want to buy a home, don't know how to go about it. A lot of people who's finance they're, you know, filed bankruptcy. Maybe they got debt. They just don't know what to do. So we're going to, I'm going to ask all the questions. We're going to have some conversations. We're going to just jump right in. But here are my guests today. My guest today is Cecil Whitmore. And Carl Agard. How are you gentlemen doing?
1: good. We good.
0: Great. <laughs> I'm hey, good. Thanks I'm for good. having me back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Liz well, is number five. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. counting. We'll do My uh, first time. Yeah. We good friends. Don't you've been busy. No, don't feel <laughs> no don't kind don't matter of matter way. Matter you've what? been busy, and we'll talk about why you've been busy and what you've been doing or what you've been doing um these past couple of years. But gentlemen, just a little bit of background. Cecil, I'm gonna give you the floor first. A little background about yourself.
2: So I'm Cecil Whitmore. Uh, graduate of Morehouse College.
0: Um, <laughs> Had to slam in homecoming in just there. a few weeks ago.
2: And I know, you know, you the East Coast folks over yeah, here from yeah, New York. Yeah. I'm from Los Angeles, or Los okay. East Coast yeah. from the Coast. All right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but um, I've been in Atlanta now for about 23 years. I mm-hmm. uh, came here to work for Coca-Cola. I worked in corporate America for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then started my real estate journey around 2018, full-time. I had my license. I got my license back in 2003. So I've had my license now for about 20 years. And so part-time license. Grew up in Los Angeles. My dad was a real estate guy. Third grade education. Third grade education, but came to Los Angeles from Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Bought properties, him and his brothers. And when he passed away, he left my brother and I real estate. And it let me know that wealth and how you pass on wealth, real estate is definitely one way to do it. And so that was one of the reasons why I got my real estate license. My wife and I are on Married to Medicine. Hi, uh, Dr. I do a, Simone. I get on Instagram sometime and I talk about, you know, making drinks. I'm a home yes. mixologist. The cocktails, <laughs> yes. Mixology guy, mm-hmm. but I also... My main thing is real estate. Yes.
0: Awesome. And finance. Awesome. Awesome. Carl, tell the people a little bit about yourself.
1: All right. Well, um, Carl Agard. I got um magazine, Boss Excel Magazine. My magazine is on financial literacy, entertainment, and I do a lot of tips on real estate and credit in there. I started out in Brooklyn and originally from Brooklyn, New York. I was the youngest black independent real estate broker in New York in the mid-90s. I came to Atlanta in two thousand and one. uh If you had a New York license, they give you a Georgia license, so I just came here and it was around the time when everybody from New York and New Jersey was moving to mm-hmm. Atlanta mm-hmm. so I moved half of New York and New Jersey down here. Then I started doing a lot of uh the music industry folks out of l a moving here to Atlanta uh had my own mortgage company for a while, was building homes um in Charlotte out here St. Louis, rehabbing brownstones mm-hmm. um then after the market crash pivoted, started doing loss mitigation where we was he- he- saving people homes for foreclosure. Right. Um, then, in, during that time, started picking up credit repair,
2: mm-hmm.
1: more small business financing. Um, you know, one thing I learned just over the years is always pivoting because things are always yeah, changing yeah, Shady, with the we'll times. About that too. Um, during that course, I had, you know, people always want information, so I had wrote about seven books on real estate and
0: mm-hmm.
1: credit. Mm-hmm. Um, he got some. Yeah, we'll talk about later, though. <laughs> Um, so this is two of my books and then, you know, the magazine. We'll talk about that later on. Yeah. But these are things that I got going on. So I love coming on Black Ch- Black Chicks Rock.
0: Real Chicks Rock.
1: Real Chicks Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about financial literacy because it's very important to know what's going on out there and stuff like that. And I always appreciate you trying to put good information out to everybody out there. You Absolutely. always do that. I'm
0: trying. I'm trying. So let's, ju- let's jump in, gentlemen, because I wanted the audience to know your experience and where you're coming from it. You're not just um, somebody that Googled this or have an opinion. Your years of experience has helped you and, and give you these formidable years to help other people. And you've had clients and you've helped numerous people and you've seen the trends in the market. I'm going to start with you, Cecil. Can a person purchase a home in Atlanta these days? And let me let me give you a little context of where I'm coming from. We talked about it before we went on live uh, on air. When I came to Atlanta, it was in 89. It was a beautiful city then. It's still a beautiful city now. But there was so much possibility in young people owning their own home or anyone owning their own home. A bu- purchasing like a starter home or a cookie cutter, what we would used to say, I seen them priced at 110, 115, 150. If you was really balling, 175, right? Mm-hmm. Back then. So now I'm seeing prices for homes starting at 300. So can a person really afford a home in Atlanta these days? What say you, Cecil?
2: I mean, I think that's a great question. Uh, And I think that there's a lot of nuances behind the answer. I I think, number one, uh, it has definitely become more expensive to buy a home. Mm -hmm. Um, And right now, with the interest rates being at 7.5, 7.6, That makes your monthly payment a lot higher. And so because of that, a lot of folks today are struggling to even qualify for a loan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then the home prices are also going up. Mm-hmm. But there are some things that you can do to buy a house okay? and afford a house in Atlanta. Here in Georgia, there are two programs. There's the Georgia Dream program mm-hmm. that does down payment assistance. Okay. There's also the Atlanta Housing has a down payment assistance program. Both of those programs are things that you need to be looking into if you're considering buying a house. Mm-hmm. And is, uh, is this
0: for first-time buyers first, primarily?
2: First-time home homebuyers, mm-hmm. uh, folks that are working in the medical field, educational field, okay. someone that has someone disabled at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do have to qualify based on the income requirement. Right. Uh, you can only have so much money saved. You have to have at least $1,000 that you're going to pay towards the house. Okay. Mm-hmm. But there's some opportunities to do that and mm-hmm. affording a house in Georgia. The other thing I would say is, is that you don't have to necessarily buy a house to be, get into the home market. You also can buy a condo, a townhouse. Okay. And so let's make sure actions. that we talk about mm-hmm. that too mm-hmm. because I think sometimes people just automatically assume I got to get a house. Mm-hmm. And a condo and a townhouse is making you toward taking that step Mm -hmm, towards home mm -hmm, ownership mm -hmm. and equity.
0: Now, Cecil, do we think I, 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 you know, I'm not in it as much as you are. Right. Because I'm a little selfish. Once I buy a home, I'm good. I'm not really checking for mortgage rates or things like that because I'm I'm planning to stay in the home for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Now. Is it that. Covid kind of accelerated this because it seemed like things like people had a fighting chance, like things made more sense. And then once we said we outside, like <laughs> in, earlier this year, mm-hmm. like the end of last year, like things yeah. just started to just choop,
2: inflation. This yeah. it just went yeah. up. Is
0: that the part yeah. of the driver too?
2: There, there, there's that driver too. But, but I think that there was a seller's market, and I mean, it's been a seller's market. Even before COVID, okay, let's be real clear. Okay. So it's it's been a seller's market for some time, but because interest rates were so much lower, yes. mm-hmm. people were able to qualify for mortgages that during that time, okay. right? Mm-hmm. But but also the flip side to so many people being able to qualify for a mortgage is that the competition was stiffer, mm-hmm. and because the competition was stiffer, prices Price went, went up. up. Yeah. People yeah. were paying. 15 dollars $20,000 over the appraisal price out of their mm. pocket in mm. order to get the deal. Wow. I was working with people and we were looking at homes and making offers and we'd make an offer on a home and it was 35 offers for one house wow. yeah. during the pandemic. Well, you know? yeah. Now, if you can afford the mortgage today, mm. this is actually a pretty good time because it's not as many buyers out there. Yeah. Mm. And so you don't have those issues of, Prices going up to a point where people are paying above appraisal. And you're able to negotiate now with the seller. They're paying closing costs. They're paying down your 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 interest rate. And so there are some opportunities if you can afford it, but you got to make enough money.
0: If you can afford it. That's the part now. Because back in the day, you could have maybe two part-time jobs mm-hmm. <laughs> bandaged together to pay a mortgage. Now you're talking about if, if, if I can afford it meaning what i need to make six figures to qualify to purchase a home
2: i mean the average home in the in the atlanta area is actually at 445
0: Jeez. yeah
2: yeah the average mm-hmm. home that's the 445? Home.
0: 445
2: 445 yeah. in atlanta yeah
0: And when we say Atlanta, that's everything within 285. That's Metro Atlanta.
2: That's Metro Atlanta. That's outside of 285. Even when you
1: go to, say, Buford, got someone on a contract on a house in Buford, that's 400,000. A couple of years ago, it was 200,000. It was 200. Or you're looking at McDonough, places like that. Those prices are going going up. So hard to find something below 350. Of good quality. Mm-hmm. Oh, of sure. good mm-hmm.
0: quality. So then you say maybe the condos are, are an option. And where are those? They're not building that, are they?
2: Well, there, there are, there's plenty of condos out there. Okay. You just have to, you have to be open to, you have to be open to different areas. Mm-hmm. You also have to, um, you know, here in Atlanta, it's easy to come here and say, I'm going to, get my dream home, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, this is where people were coming and, you know, they we're going to have a basement. we mm-hmm. was going to have four, or 5,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Like you said back in the day, it was 200,000. Two. Yeah. Those days are old. Gone. We that's, won't see them again? That's not there. I don't think so. That's not No there. more. No. But the thing is, is mm-hmm. that the flip side to this argument, though, is that if you don't get yourself in position to become a homeowner, we're getting further and further behind when it comes to the income gap mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. 45% 45% of black households own a home mm-hmm. 75% of white households own a home mm-hmm. and the majority of your assets when you talk about equity and 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 looking at someone's net worth mm-hmm. the home is the biggest part of that mm-hmm. and so that's why I push to the young people, the first-time home buyers, get into the Georgia Dream program, mm-hmm. get into the Atlanta Housing Authority program, save your money, work on saving money, get to a place where you're not spending 30% or more of your income on housing. Mm. If you're spending more than 30% of your income on housing, then, then you're considered cost burdened. You you can't save in that situation. Yeah, you can't. There's no way to save. Mm. You have to be able to save in order to get to a place. Now, you don't have to have 20%. I want to make sure we're crystal clear. Mm -hmm. You don't need 20% down to buy a house. But if you're buying a $300,000 house today, I would say to you, think about at least 3% down payments mm. so that's nine thousand mm-hmm. dollars or three to four percent. So between nine to twelve thousand, you need saved up for a three hundred thousand dollar house. Wow, okay, and you're going to need another two to five percent for closing costs. I always tell people another three mm-hmm. percent, so mm-hmm. that's another nine thousand dollars. So we're talking eighteen, 18. to twenty thousand big numbers save. <laughs> in order to buy a three, that's
0: a that's big numbers. Cause back in the day, three percent, one percent, that may might have been a couple of thousand yeah. easy. You could have borrowed that
1: for a hundred, yeah, hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars. It's not bad. Yeah. And I mean, you know, uh, back around you know the two thousands with the new homes, you was able to get the closing costs covered by the builder. That is correct. Now, now the challenge is getting the closing costs covered by the homeowner mm-hmm. that will put it in. So, like he said earlier, last year was hard because it was bidding wars. So, as soon as you put a contingency on a contract mm-hmm. that we want, you know, inspection or we want closing costs, it would just go to the next, next one. person. Because people had crypto money. Wow. They had yep. Uh, yep. And pandemic money, everything like that. So, they're yeah. buying all cash. And people was, like, moving from New York, L.A., coming to Atlanta, buying all cash. So, it was no contingencies. Yep. Now that the rates are higher, um, I'm seeing now – they're open to covering closing costs. Mm -hmm. And that's also if the only don't have a lot of debt on the home. I
0: I, I want to talk about that, Carl, you hit on something. Dick are out of towners driving up prices on this stuff. Realistically, because we come from busier cities. Mm -hmm. The cost of living is much higher. Hence why we moved here years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. We we saw the promise thing. So then people see us leaving. Thank you. Social media. They, I want to come. I want to move. And so people are like that, that, that's a third of what I would pay for in New York or yeah. in L.A. So they they don't have a problem paying that money. Yeah. But then once you get into it and mm-hmm. you try to move about, you be like, I don't want to. That's a lot of money.
1: And the and the salaries are not coming up with it. so the salaries to me are the same or less now than it was when I first moved here in 01. The prices of houses doubled. Yeah. And like you said, it. Um. so during the pandemic, you had social media, yeah. TV drove a lot of the movement here. Because I know for a fact. Most of my clients that I do real estate for here are from New York, New Jersey, Mm -hmm. right? So they say, Hey, I see this, I wanna come down. Even though you tell them, hey, not like you see, I'm married to medicine (laughs) (laughs) and all those nice shows that's on Bravo, it's not like that. But hey, they wanna see it. They wanna see it. So, you know, they'll sell (laughs) a house in New York, New Jersey for a million dollars. They'll come down here flush with six hundred cash, whatever, they buy something. But then after it wears off, then they're like, Hey, I got to work here. And you see gotta the work. salaries are not the same. Yeah. But it did drive it up because you'll have someone that sold housing California, mm-hmm. New York, mm-hmm. cash come down here. Price, of course, going to go up. Then you have the multiplier of social media and TV. Cause back in 2001, it took a little time for people to know what's going on.
0: Right.
1: Now, soon as someone see a good deal, they're going TikTok. Now everyone want to go. So it's supply and demand, economics. Yeah, so you got too much of a demand, not enough supply. Mm-hmm. Then, see, so I want you to speak on this, what your feelings on this. They changed the type of how they started building. Mm-hmm. Um, When I first was doing new homes, and that's when I did more real estate sales, I do more finance and credit now. Mm-hmm. They had starter homes. Yes. They had homes for single moms, young married couples, $125,000. Small still was Yeah, <laughs> still was able to get three to four bedrooms. Right. Not too far out, they stopped it, the builders. I know that because I know builders. Mm. What they did was, okay, if you get a plot of land for about two acres, right, they went from building these starter homes to these townhomes and pushing together. Then if they didn't do that, they did luxury homes. Mm. So now you lost that middle gap Mm. of the starter homes. Mm. So that was another drive of houses because you had people like, well, I don't want to get a townhome. I want land. They start trying to go up to the luxury homes. And really stretching the market on that end. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, wait, wait! And one last thing, we're not gonna forget, sisu. We also had Airbnb. People now was getting homes and buying up the inventory. Airbnb out, they took a lot of homes off the market. And then you also had the institutional corporate buyers, like Open Door, and then was buying homes mm-hmm. that normally would have went to first time home buyers. Right. They was buying them, flipping them, and also selling them for a lot for more. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of stuff going, you got to
1: sip on some water. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know, see, so what's your take on that also? Was you seeing that a lot out there in the market? I mean, and if it's, you see if it's changing.
2: I mean, I think you're spot on. I think that during COVID, because now you can work from home. Yes. A lot mm-hmm. of folks moved here from California and mm-hmm. New York and yeah. Chicago with cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were losing a lot of homes mm-hmm. on folks that had cash. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had a, we had our FHA loan, yeah. my client had the FHA loan. You know, they like, were ready to go. Yeah. I mean, and someone cash, has cash, they they're going yeah. to beat you out. I think that, you know, the starter home, I think you make an interesting point about that. I think there are builders that are still doing starter homes, but I think the price of starter homes, as Michelle talked about, has gone up. Mm-hmm. A starter home today, I mean, you're talking about minimum. Minimum home price in Atlanta. You're talking about 250. Maybe you can find yeah, it. Yeah, I mean that's that's hard to find. That's hard to really find. Yeah. Two fifty yeah. is about uh-huh. your minimum price. Yeah. Rate. And yeah. now mm-hmm. with the interest rates, now with the interest rates being at 7.65, so high. you're at a place where most people can't qualify for the loan. Right. Now mm-hmm. here's the story though. That's because inflation. Inflation was is up, and so they raise interest rates to try to bring mm-hmm. inflation down. Mm-hmm. Interest rates will go down.
1: Thank you. I was going to say that. Then I said that. Win. Yeah. Wait. I'm gonna tell you. Let you me let, let me because
0: we know there's ebbs and flows. Yeah. In the let, market. let me ju- let
1: me jump in because uh, being in finance and real estate finance since the 90s, I see all these it cycles. Is, yeah. So I told people uh, this year, next year's an election year. Usually, an election year, they like to make people go to the polls happy. To make them happy, you got to lower the rates. And another thing also, when I bought my first house in Brooklyn in 1997, rates was 8%. Homes was a lot lower. But it took from 1998 all the way to 2020 for it to go down to 2.5. We're talking about a good 20 years. 20 years. They raised it in reverse mm. from 2.5. I know I sold a home to somebody February of 2022 at 2.5, of a, a VA loan. Mm. Exactly a year ago, I did a house with someone with 7.5. It went back. You did 20 years worth of interest rate rising Mm. in one year, and it shocked the system. And unfortunately, you got people that powers that be that don't do economics. Mm -hmm. They just do it and figure it out later on. And that caused another shock to the system. So I believe that next year they're going to have to adjust it. I tell people a good point is like four point five five. Yeah, it might not go to two point five again. I don't think, I think that. that was historical. Yeah, I
2: don't think we ever see. Yeah, I don't think we ever see two point five three. I, I, I got mm. that. If you're waiting, mm. if you're waiting on the sideline for two point five three, I got you might be two, on that side. I got that yeah. two
0: point three because yeah. I because uh, mm-hmm. was my realtor. Uh-huh. Yeah, in twenty nineteen, yeah. and yeah. so because I lived out of the city, mm-hmm. I wanted to be closer. And so I'm in a historical kind of, but you know, neighborhood mm-hmm. and it's an old home mm-hmm. that they fixed up. They threw a couple of things on it, but I saw the vision for it. Mm-hmm. And so I got in there and I got in there for the twos. So I, yeah. you know, I was still shaking in my boots because yeah. uh, some twos I wasn't used to, but yeah. I had to look at it for the long-term goal. Right. And then I got in at a good rate. Then prices went down and I refined. And we're going to talk about this in a minute, but I did a 20-year because I was like, right. I don't want to be – because I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm in my 50s. Yeah. I said, I don't want a 30-year loan, and I'm in my 80s.
1: I remember when you was doing that. I remember when you bought the house. Yeah. I remember when you was refinancing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So
0: I said, I don't want to be in my 80s, so let me shrink this down and add something. Some, we'll talk about that. Do you believe in this 40-year mortgage that they got going on out here? Not everybody's carrying it, but I heard about it. What's your thoughts on that, CeCe?
2: I hadn't heard about the 40 year mortgage, but what I would, what I would say to you is this. I think if a 40 year mortgage gets you into home ownership, Mm -hmm. then I'm for a 40 year mortgage. Then you go, go for it. I'm for a 50 year mortgage. If we can can get you into home ownership, because I think the important part is this is that what home ownership does for you, you have a built in savings account. Mm. Every time you pay your mortgage, you're paying down the the debt. And when you're paying down the debt, you're adding equity. And if you buy in a good area, right, you buy where it's appreciating Mm -hmm. and you're paying down the debt, you're going to be building wealth. And the folks that have money in America are folks who own real estate.
0: Let me say this. You said something very key, an area that's appreciating. Hmm. So does that mean we need to be in areas that are more diverse or more of a working class? Because I'm seeing them building townhouses. It looks like townhouses. In the Greenbrier Mall area off 285, mm-hmm. is that an area that we would consider we're all going to appreciate, or do I need to move somewhere else where everybody in my neighborhood doesn't necessarily look like me? Well,
2: I, I love the question. I love the question. <laughs> it's it's part of what I do all every right. day Come when on. it comes mm-hmm. to clients. Yes, is that I do think as Black folks mm-hmm. we have to be smarter where we're spending our money. Okay, mm-hmm. now that. That's not. I'm not saying it from the perspective of not buying in the areas like by Greenbriar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm saying it from a standpoint of seeing the vision of the city mm-hmm. and not being slow to act on the vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I get disappointed and upset with our people sometimes because we are in some cases, leaving some of the most appreciated areas around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you look at what's going on in the West End. West End. And you look at what's going on in East Point mm-hmm. and in Haightville. Dare Park. And in mm-hmm. Historic College Park. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to do a better job of not being so caught up in square footage
0: Mm, okay. Mm-hmm.
2: And go back to the concept that they always tell you in real estate: location, 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 mm-hmm. location. 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 Yes. And when we start doing that, we're going to be buying properties that are appreciating. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would argue that some of the stuff that I'm seeing going on at around Greenbrier. Mm-hmm. Might be a much better purchase than moving too far out in the suburbs Mm -hmm. from an appreciation standpoint. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, when you look at like appreciation in Atlanta, I had pulled up some numbers. And so, Midtown in 2016, the appreciation value in Midtown from when you bought the place in Midtown in 2016, it was worth $224,000. Now, it's worth three hundred and sixty-six thousand. That's a thirty-eight point seven percent appreciation mm-hmm. value. Mm-hmm. And North Buckhead, four hundred and forty thousand in twenty sixteen. Six hundred and twenty-six thousand wow. today. Wow, that's a twenty-three percent appreciation value. And Old Fourth mm-hmm. Ward, two hundred, you could have bought a place for two hundred. I know that's right now. You can't walk your dog mm. over
0: there. Come on, three hundred and ninety-two thousand
2: <laughs> right now. That's a forty-eight percent appreciation value. Mm. So we gotta be smarter about not necessarily having the biggest house. Yes. But buying in areas where our value is going makes up. Makes
0: sense. Yeah. Cause I gave up square footage mm-hmm. to to for that point because I felt that um somebody makes a determination on whether or not that neighborhood is viable or not.
1: And that's what I was gonna add. Like, I always tell people, wherever city that you're in, mm-hmm. go to the meetings. Yes. Go to be involved in politics. You don't gotta be with a sign outside, right, right. but he's sitting you know on a city council meeting to know what's going on. Because yeah. it happened years in advance. They don't just show up and do it. Right. Um, and I just go case in point. I like to lead by example. Um, I was in downtown Brooklyn mm-hmm. when I first bought my houses. Right. But by me, you know, working on different political campaigns and going to the community board meetings, everything like that, being on the board of directors of a nonprofit, I knew about things that was going on. So I knew about the Barkley Arena well in advance. Well in advance. So I had a co-op. Two blocks from the Barkley Arena, I bought for thirty five thousand. We just sold for half a million, and we did no work to it. And mm-hmm. it was a on one bedroom, probably the size of this
0: yeah, studio right, right here. Right.
1: But a lot of it was just doing research. I tell people, you know, you got to know what the local schools are doing, the colleges are doing, if they're expanding. Mm-hmm. For example, Georgia State, mm-hmm. when um the Braves moved,
0: yeah, right,
1: yeah. Someone with no vision would say, "Oh, the Braves was gonna go down." No, you go down and buy it, mm-hmm. right. Could look, build it look, I knew right afterwards that Georgia State was going to turn that yeah, stadium and yeah. they start doing all that development. Yeah. Now it looked completely different. It's totally
0: different. They finally got a Publix. Yeah. And how yeah. long have people wanted a Publix there, there for years? When, when those townhouses yeah. were, was yeah. built up in 96 mm-hmm. or 96. Yeah. Early- because my ex-husband painted. He yeah. did some work over there. Yeah. And we were like, wow, this is a great location. Yeah. Where are they going to get their groceries? Where are yeah. they going to shop? Right. And promises were made. Yeah. And it was never delivered. Mm. And so now there are townhouses right there. That's called the area summer of Summerhill.
1: Summerhill, yeah. yeah. And it's uh-huh.
0: 900000 yeah. And you could barely do this in yeah. your drive. You can't even And, and
1: the older ones that was across in the parking lot, yeah. uh, I flipped one one time. You did. So when the market crashed, I picked one up, did a short sale. I got it approved for seventy five thousand, the guy owed one seventy five. I flipped it for one fifty. Um, that was my thing with flipping. I wasn't a buy and hold as much. Every you got different with phase of real estate you want to get yeah, it. Yeah. But that same one for one seventy five, that person now that got that house is now what probably three
0: fifty four thousand yeah, right, 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 you know? right, right. And, the, and the, you know what I was saying too, by me moving from where I was out in the suburbs and buying what I bought, I had the vision, the location mm. is great, and in a matter of a year you know, the bank is telling me this is what is the pre, it's, appra- it's yeah. already, you know, mm. worth its weight and mm. I'm just going to sit, you know, because yeah. of the location is mm. great. Yes, I gave up square footage. Mm. Yeah. But you know what?
1: But then you get other convenience when you live in the city, you yeah. got more stores, you mm. got, you, you got to look at this. Oh, tell me, You got to look at the schools, what the yeah. school's about to do, yeah. amenities, stuff like that. Everyone got to look into what's best for them when it comes to stuff like that. You know, and I always tell people, do your own research. Just don't go off a of TikTok or what your homeboy said. Do your own research you see and see if it's adapting to what you want to do with yeah. your life.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you this, Carl. Um, credit scores, like that's important. I, some people don't even know what a credit score is. They don't even know how it comes about. When I got in this game of first putting my name or signing on a mortgage. It was TRW, TransUnion, and Equifax. When you said TRW, you you went back with that one. Way back. I'm talking about like, I've been in the game where you Mm -hmm. sit down and you sign and it's 30, the pages you're signing, your life away. Now it's so automated. You ain't even got to show, like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. so advanced now. But credit scores, what does a person need from a credit score perspective to even be considered? Or think about home ownership. Well,
1: bare minimum is like 620. They okay. could go down to 580 with FHA, but we know the score models are all different. Mm-hmm. You know, you got credit card moves advantage score. Mm-hmm. More you come and use a FICO 8. Um, when you go for a car, it's going to be another FICO model. Right, right. So I always tell people you want to get to about 620 minimum, but really want to be at 640 because your scores are going to fluctuate, especially now because of algorithms. Mm-hmm. So I'm here to give the tea on the algorithms and just a little bit. So I was doing mostly houses, uh, up until about oh eight, oh nine. After the market crashed, then I started doing more financing. So I started doing more foreclosure prevention, short sales, financing, mortgages for investors, um, small business finances. So okay. dealing with that, I had to learn more about the um credit side. Mm-hmm. You know, because before I didn't deal with it as much because the mortgage brokers did, but the last ten years I dealt more on that side. So I started learning more and more about the credit score the algorithms what makes it go up and down and stuff like that to a point that we started doing credit repair in-house mm. so i started my own nonprofit to through credit repair in-house so that then i could turn around and help people with their mortgages and their loans because we used to outsource it right but they charged too much money and also they wasn't doing the work mm. but since i wrote a book on it i said well i could do it myself plus i like to learn the trends right so then when i started seeing the trends is with the inflation that they're really dinging you for using your credit card, so they want you that credit card but don't want you to use it. So soon as you max out your credit card, I had people scores literally go down eighty points by just using their credit uh, credit cards. So I always tell people one: before you look at houses, once again, let's go back to TikTok. They look on TikTok, see people getting houses, say, well, I want one too." Like they're just buying a puppy. You. Can- <laughs> You don't, don't call Cecil and say, I want to save $100,000 house and you make 40,000 with a 450 score. You're going to waste his time. They're
2: doing that on TikTok though. They're doing that on TikTok. Yeah.
1: Right. So they look at TikTok. Then they're going to see Cecil on married to medicine. They say, I want a guy married to medicine. Show me a house so I could go show on TikTok. I got this guy and they got a 480 score. Want to buy a $600,000 house and Cecil not going to waste his time. Yeah. So I tell people the first thing you want to do is look at your credit score. Right. And now I would say credit card is good to look at. It's easy to read. Experience easy to read, but don't use a score as a Bible. You want to basically go in there and look at the credit utilization. How many credit cards that you have? Are you max on your credit cards? Or you got five cars and all of them at 100% maxed out. That's going to keep your score low. Mm -hmm. Plus, they're not going to give you financing because they feel like you're over leveraged. You want to look at, okay, do you have a mix of loans, installment loans? Do you have car payments? Do you have a mortgage in place? Most people don't have a mortgage in place when they're first time home buyers. So on average, they're going to have maybe five credit cards, two loans, installment loans, and maybe a car. Wow. And that's what they're going to look at. Then they're going to look at their score. If you had a 580, why are you at 580? Is it because you're max on your credit cards? Do you have collections? A lot of people got collections, don't even know. Wow. And I said, look first, before you go to a mortgage company, because now it might be erroneous. It might be some old. It might be something that we took it up beforehand. Because if you go for the mortgage, they're gonna want you to address it first. Yes. That means you gotta pay it off, or if you refinance, it, they're gonna take it out of your equity and pay it off. That first. is correct. Now, if it's not correct. You could get it off first. Mm-hmm. So what I'm just telling people is, look at your stuff first before you start looking at houses. Listen, you
0: know? I used to have to write at the closing table a letter on why I might have been late on a payment. Mm-hmm. That was a couple of years mm-hmm. back. Yeah, real talk. Yeah, we're talking about like a phone bill or something like yeah. what, Miss Burke? Simple uh, phone bill. Uh, yeah, back yeah. then I was Miss Doors. Miss Doors, can you explain mm-hmm. <laughs> why this was? I was like, oh, I don't remember. My, my money was funny, like you know, because life happens. But you, I had to write a little. They give me a sheet of paper and I write it out. Yeah, to whom you may concern to Mm -hmm. just kind of figure it out. But it's interesting because people don't realize the power of credit, but there's another flip side to it, Carl, because sometimes there are people that, you know, you got a lot of uh, small businesses, a lot of street entrepreneurs, cash only, Mm -hmm. don't really want to have too much money moving through the system. Right. Right. But then, don't doesn't having one credit card and using it wisely helps to build up one's credit.
1: Got, got to. It's the cash twenty two. Okay. They want you to have credit, but not to use it. So you got to have that rotation. So I tell people put your Netflix subscription on it. All right. Because you know Some it's twenty five dollars, and yeah. you pay back the twenty five, so right. you have that rotation. that I got match you. I got going you. on. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get a bunch of credit cards and not use them at all. That's going to ding you. You don't want to use them too much. It's going to ding you. So basically, you just want to say, okay, I got. Three to, three to four cards. I'm gonna use up maybe 30% of each one and below. And just use simple stuff. You go on a vacation, put your uh, put your hotel on it, but then pay it right back. You know, cause also you got the debit holes anyways. It's good. Same thing with Uber holes. You use your credit card for that, but pay it right back. But it's gonna give you a good what mix. What did you
0: say? What kind of, what? Oh,
1: holes. You know, like, not, no. Okay. So? This is, this is a <laughs> rated PG show. Hold. H-O-L-D-S. The producer's yeah. laughing
0: because yeah. I was like, did he say what I thought he said? Okay. Right. Because, right. <laughs> you know, okay. So,
1: for example, you know, like you, you go you go to a, a hotel. Yes. And you, say you stay for about three days, 175 a day. They're going to put a $50 per day hold
0: yes, on, on your, your card. debit card. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's going to hold it up. But if you put in your credit card, it's not as bad. Right, right,
0: and it'll right. And it just right. fall right
1: off. Right, right, uh-huh. right. So that I tell people, use your credit cards for that purpose. And you get to do the write-offs if you own a business. Talking about small business owners, so we know a lot of people, that say, food trucks. They've been very popular. So they cash and carry. But I so say you got to it because when you go for a small business loan, they want to see how much you're making.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, they're not even going on tax returns no more. They say anyone can make that up. They want to look at your bank statements, what you got coming in. For the last three to four months to you know, evaluate you for a loan, so I tell people borrowers also they get cash, yeah, all the time, and they don't want to deposit. It. You got to deposit it. Everybody want to see the paper trail. They yeah. want to see where the money is yeah, going. See where it comes so not only you got to look at your credit,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: also got to look at your financing, your tax returns, and also for first time home buyers, your tax returns, your, um, your W twos, your pay stubs being organized. You know, look at your credit. Make sure you don't have small collections on there like, you know, you might have switched off a of ATT Uverse and went to another Wi Fi. U Uverse might hit you for eighty dollars on a collection, you don't know about it. Yeah. You know
0: Yeah. Does does uh, having a credit score over seven hundred helps a person at the closing table? Does it help really?
2: Oh absolutely. Absolutely. I mean Carl is is talking the real facts about being a homeowner. I mean, you have to follow, you have to follow those rules of getting your credit in line and, and having the money saved up. But to your question about your credit score, your credit score can determine what kind of interest rate you're getting. Mm -hmm. So someone that comes in with a 640, as Mm -hmm. Carl mentioned, they might qualify for this interest rate. Mm -hmm. Someone that comes in with a 750. They're gonna get a lower rate, yep. mm-hmm. and so a lower rate means they're paying less per month. Correct mm-hmm. for the exact same mortgage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's mm-hmm. the unfortunately, that's been the problem when you start talking about housing disparity among blacks and whites, mm-hmm. because our credit scores have been lower. There's been discrimination on how lenders are looking at your application, mm-hmm. black. Black black applicants are more likely to be denied Scrutiny. denied right. for a mortgage than mm-hmm. than a white uh, applicant, and so we have to use the system. And using the system, as Carl mentioned, is knowing your information, doing all of the things that you can do to be successful, because the system is out there for everyone to use. It's our it's our ability to take the system and use it to our benefit. Mm. That's improving your credit mm. score. That's spending less, definitely spending less mm. than 30% of your whole household income on housing. And then that's saving money.
0: Yeah. Those right? Starbucks runs, you got to cut mm. that
2: out. And
1: let me tell CISO, <laughs> not only with houses is also like, even with small business lending, like I've seen, uh, a white company could get a hundred thousand dollars, where a black company may get twenty or none, and it makes a big difference because now that white company is able to staff better, staff better advertising, everything like that. Twenty thousand for a small business owner—that money is going right down on the overhead—and they're always behind the eight ball. Always, you know. Always. Yeah, and,
2: and always I'm sure. and I'm not saying it from a perspective of oh, woe is me. Mm. I'm saying it more from a perspective of what can we do. Mm-hmm. To what are the steps that we can take right. in order to bridge the gap? Mm-hmm. Right. So when can how can we get to a place where we have more than fifty percent of the black population owning a home? Right. Mm-hmm. right. Right. And so those are the kind of things that we have to talk about. And I I think and Carl talks about it with social media. Don't be embarrassed around saving. Don't be embarrassed because you decided to get a less expensive mm-hmm. apartment so you can save more money. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the game. If you got to move back in with your parents, if they let you, and that's the <laughs> mom's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. probably throwing some at the table. Mm-hmm. She don't want to hear that. But if you have to move. Back in with your parents in order to save money. Mm. I'm not saying move back home with your parents and you out here flossing. You yeah, right. right. carry right. the purpose. Yeah, gotta, right. gotta have a, yeah, code. Gotta have a yeah. plan. But I'm saying mm. with a game plan. You know, we're also in a situation where we're behind the eight ball when it comes to to gifts. A lot of people, when you talk mm. about down payment, a lot of times. D- down payment comes from family members yes. giving them a gift. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and yes. unfortunately, a lot of times we don't have it to give exactly, or we we prefer instead of instead of getting the down payment uh, gift, we prefer to take the money in and do a destination wedding <laughs> <you> know, or, <laughs> or a big wedding where we're gonna have folks come on and we can do it on Instagram.
1: Mm-hmm. Say, wow, Man, that's real right? talk.
2: Over no, the right there, yeah, we, have to think we about. yeah.
1: So we only gotta deal with outside forces. We got inner forces yes. that's been going on on yes. Yes. both ends. And yes. something that he said about the gift, for example, um like white people, they got the insurance game. They do, and it's generational. They have insurance, so when grandma die, grandma leaves them a million dollars, so half a million dollars. They got four people now because they're married. So I've seen people in my own eyes get up to $2 million in insurance money. So they're able to buy a home, start businesses, do everything like that. Right. Well, us, our family is on a GoFundMe. That means no one's getting anything, you know, and that's why we're still falling behind. I tell, And I tell people, I say, that's how they're winning is because their family is setting them up in advance. That's why I had to do that for my kids, where I set my kids up in advance, where I got a good insurance policy. If something happens to me, they got a million dollars. The 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 property that I talked about earlier that I bought in Brooklyn yes. for thirty five thousand, that was for them. They was not even born yet. Yeah. So as soon as they got to college age, we sold it, liquidated it, they got their money. Mm-hmm. He wanna go to Howard, he goes to Howard. He's living on campus in a nice high rise, he's good. And also I I taught him money mm-hmm. also. And the money's in his account. Yeah. Yeah. He had to manage his own money. Right. I didn't say, well, he don't see it. I want the man. So if you jack off six figures, you could say, "Damn, my dad gave me six figures and mom, and I jacked it off." No, he's managing that money through that's college. Good.
0: That's good. And same
1: thing with the other one. So, but that's what I saw. Yeah, with the I see people too. that taught me the I finance game. And, you the, know? and the
0: language was a little different, Carl. Before it was GoFundMe it was French fries. What mm. can y'all
1: donate? <laughs> 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 I right? was yeah, really fries. going back with this yeah. podcast. Yeah. TRW Fridge Fridge fries. fries. It was like, yeah. you, know, yeah. you
0: know Rashid and the, Rashid pass, and we don't really have it. Can you? Can you? chip in Come on by it. A plate. Just to, just, mm-hmm. and then the body sitting at the mall for a while until mm-hmm. y'all get the money and the funding together just to, you know what I'm saying? Right. And I was like, yeah. no, that's not the life that I want. You know what I mean? I told my son, I yeah. don't even want to be above ground past three days. Right. I'm out. Yeah. So yes, multiple. If I can't yeah. do a million or a half, right. I got enough to make sure I'm right. not passing no bad. And let
1: me just me. say something. Like he so okay. imagine our grandpa passed away, yeah. right? They did a go for me or fish fry, right? Now imagine if grandpa had a good insurance policy to oh, leave yeah. each of the siblings a hundred thousand, just even a hundred thousand each.
0: That's what. It or
1: fifty thousand that they could use to go buy a home, exactly. Right, and they didn't have to yeah. do FHA. They could do conventional. Yeah. Get a better rate and walk into a house with equity, mm. and maybe even have a little mm. leftover to start a business. So this is stuff that me and him are talking about. Is how you're building that generational wealth. Yeah. Is you know, people, please stop, you know, watching TikTok and try to do stuff. Um, just impress people. Listen to professionals. These we're professionals here. You know, we didn't just wake up and, and give ourselves a title. We're closing homes, doing finance and everything like that, giving tips. And that's why I try to tell people now, like, go back to the basics of doing stuff the right way. Go to first base, second base, and third base. Start mm-hmm. trying to hit the home runs. So
0: they weren't sure because see, so I didn't get a chance to ask you what is an arm because I hear that all the time. What 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 does it mean and how can that be used for us homeowners?
2: So so arms were really big back in the um. In the beginning of when the market was when the market was really blowing up in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. ARMs were huge, and ARMs just stands for an adjustable rate mortgage. Mm-hmm. And so, what it allowed people to do is the rates were higher back in the 2000s. And so, what an adjustable rate mortgage would do, you might have a three-year arm or a five-year arm. So, for the first three years or five years of the loan, the rate was lower, mm-hmm. and so it would allow you to get in the get door. In with a lower rate, but after that five years it might have a balloon payment or you had to refinance that loan. And so if you didn't, the rate would go from let's say it was five percent arm mm-hmm. for for five years. Mm-hmm. And then if you didn't, if you didn't refinance it, it would go immediately to ten percent mm-hmm. or fifteen percent. And so you, your job was is to have your credit in line so that you have the ability to refinance that mortgage later at a lower rate. That's kind of the story of where we are today is that it is a very tough time to buy a house. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not of the school to, to tell someone to put yourself into a position where you're buying a house that you can't afford. And you're paying 30% or 50% of your income in order to have a house. That's not the time. But during this time, this is your opportunity to go to what Carl was talking about. Work on your credit now. Mm -hmm. Save your money Money. now. Mm -hmm. Get yourself set up so that as the rates lower, and they're not going to lower to 3% or 2%, but as the rates lower... Be in position to be able to get a loan, to get a pre-approval for 300000 and then find a real estate agent to work with you to find a good place in a good area. And don't be so caught up in square footage. And don't be so caught up in uh, the suburb because we are leaving. <laughs> we start talking about gentrification. Yes. We are leaving some of the best neighborhoods in the city. city. And we got to do a better job of that. We can't complain about gentrification if you had the opportunity to buy there also. Yeah. Right? And so that's the thing that I talk to people about all the time. When you see a trend, as Carl talked about, Mm -hmm. when you're following what's going on in your city and you see things happening, like the Tyler Perry Studios, Mm -hmm. when you see that being built, Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised when all of a sudden mm-hmm. you start seeing others
0: yeah, coming moving in into there. the mm-hmm. area because
2: yeah. they see the vision of what's yeah. going to happen yeah. in the next five to 10 years. In the com- we got to be smart. But
0: the language to those people that don't look like us is different to Carl's point in yours, Cecil, that the opportunities are extended. Mm-hmm. Hey so and so, hey Margie, hey Bob. Mm -hmm. Did you know about this particular program? You know that if you buy in this neighborhood, you get a home Mm -hmm. equity assistance to help build it up. And oh, by the way, they're gonna there's gonna be an extra police presence in the Mm -hmm. neighborhood Mm -hmm. to make you feel safer. Schools are gonna get better. Schools are gonna get Mm -hmm. better. You know, and there's a park there that you can Mm -hmm. walk the dog and your mm -hmm. child and all this kind of stuff. And they go, you know, well, Bob, you know, we've been thinking about it. And so all of a sudden, you see them. Like you see them, they're just popping up. The language is different for
1: them. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it's more invitational for us, and more inviting for them to 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 be there. There's there are some of us, Cecil, that are willing to be ten toes down, see the vision, stay into those neighborhoods, and it takes a long time, but they do it. But then there are those that are the older Atlantan people that don't know. People are not talking to them. Maybe they own the home and they can't pay the taxes Mm -hmm. and they're pushed out. That's Mm -hmm.
2: happening. They can't keep the
0: house up. Some of of the houses look, they're hanging on by a string and may need a new roof. Mm -hmm. They need shutters. They don't have the disposable income. We're talking about generational wealth. Nobody in the family is even thinking about, well, let's put it, pull it together to make sure Big Mama's house Mm -hmm. is okay. Because we all go to Big Mama's house for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. No, because everybody generationally, we trying to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. That's real talk. That's real talk. Yeah. And it's
1: just like we said earlier. So grandpa passes away, Yeah. leaves no, nobody anything, mm-hmm. where grandpa should have insurance, everyone. In reverse also, right. kids should be able to come in and help grandma with the house. They should. Because they should know and educate themselves what's going on. A lot of times everyone's wrapped up with their own thing and it's they correct. wait till too late. It's to correct. be like, oh man, all this is happening. It was always going on for five years. You just didn't take the time to find out about it. And it's not even like you got to look under a rock. It's just—it's kind of there. Yeah. But they don't. And then, you know, and then like you say, grandma losing the house to taxes. Yeah. But someone there had the money to help her out. But everyone get kind of selfish yeah. in their own ways about it. Then when it's gone, they complain about yeah.
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've seen, I, I know some people that have lost homes good, like D- Decatur, like mm. downtown Decatur, mm-hmm. like East College. Yeah. That's, That's a it. hot thing. And then, she, you know, she'd been there all, all this yeah. time. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, she... She moves out.
1: And same and thing, same change. thing with a small business. You may have a family member in the 50s or sixties have a, a strong business, a restaurant. Yes. And the kids don't want to be a part of it at all. But they're going to work for another restaurant with, with a hookah lounge yep. and get fired when they could have been working with the family's restaurant and build it up. But the others don't do that. The family business is the family bit Everyone is chipping in. So, we, so when I was just talking about real estate, we even now seeing with the businesses also. Yeah. Where I'm seeing, um, businesses, fold because of family not getting together yeah. and save the business for nickels on a dime.
0: I'm gonna ask you this, Carl. Because you said, you know, you you taught your son how to manage money. That's hard. Um, because this generation of kids think that you got it. Mm. They got it. Mm-hmm. Automatic. The they don't care how you went what you went through to make it happen. They just mm-hmm. feel like if I wanted them ask, you know, they're gonna shoot their shot. Really? They're gonna ask for it, right? Yeah. But the the way that the economics are set up today, it it doesn't really afford our children an opportunity to really be successful without their parents or some type of support system, system. In, yeah. in place. What can we say to parents? What can we do to try to better prepare our kids? So not that we don't we don't want to throw them out. One thing one thing I'm coming against is. C- growing up when I did, when you 18, you graduated from high school, you had to get out of here. Yeah. Well, you're not prepared for life at right. 18. Right. Realistically, right. you have no form of mm. credit. At 18, I didn't have no form of credit. They didn't manage a checking account. They didn't do mm. those kind of things. At least now for me, I put my son on a card to you, build you, you, you up
1: You, sp- you asked right. me about because usually and when you, you do stuff so, you ask me you, first. Go mm.
0: to Chick-fil-A, go mm. buy something. We can right. pay that up. Mm. So he comes out with a fighting chance. Mm. But if the jobs are not there, and if college is so expensive for kids to even go to, mm. how do we set our kids up so that they can be in a position that they can take care of themselves, mm. they can possibly be a homeowner? What would we'll say you, Carl?
1: So what I say, and I say it to my my friends and everything like that, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't overnight, like you said. Yeah. Like 18, now my son got an internship with a hedge fund. It was years of him just shadowing me, watching everything that I do. And I was fortunate from, like, see, so doing real estate, working from home, meeting all kinds of people right. that my kids was able to go on building sites here. Right. We go to New York, to our place in New York, they're able to see people there, see differences also, mm-hmm. sit down with the mayor of Mount Vernon when he had me do a project in Mount Vernon. And they didn't understand then. Was young, but I wanted them to shout on me just to see I got different things. And I would talk to them. They might not get it then, but believe me, they're sponges. They'll get it down the mm-hmm, road. Mm-hmm. But it gotta be like from when they're like seven, eight years old. You gotta talk to the kids. And I think a lot of these parents they get caught up with life. Mm. And some of them, some of them be, I don't be keeping one hundred. They about to end themselves. I want to party. I want to chill. Have a yeah. good time. Yeah. And then when their kids are doing certain things, they're like, "Well, what happened?" <laughs> You're not talking to your kids. You know, you gotta show them stuff. Like, I, and I'm going to be real 100 and funny about it. I remember when my kids were starting to get at age of getting a job. I would go to them and say, hey, listen, you know, if you're messing up in school, I'm going to get you a job at Popeye's. If you do good, you work at Chick-fil-A. They didn't understand. But when they start seeing how people roll at Popeye's, yeah. you know, I said, yeah, because you're going to have to go and fight in there yeah. at Popeye's. Right. But, you know, you can get you a nice, little cushy job at Chick-fil-A and say, my pleasure. You know, and they understood it. But I just was like always talking to my kids and let them see things. Let them know about working, working for stuff. Hey, if you do good in school, you're going to get this. You don't do good, you're not going to get that. Where a lot of parents tend to just give it to them and leave me alone or or whatever. Or not give them, then they're going to take it. Because, mm. you know, with social media now, it's powerful. Phone is right here. Kids can see stuff that they want. Yeah. You know, so if they don't say, if I'm not going to get it, I'm going to get it because they want to be popular. But you got to educate your kids. Educate them on finance. Give them a bank account. Let them work at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Yeah, put the money in a bank account. Let them manage their money. It starts young, because by the time they get to 18, 19 years old, they have a format to work on. Mm-hmm. And then when they do have a problem, it gotta be like you work it through. Let me be your last defense of the problem, and I will walk you through. Mm-hmm. So that's why I ended up training my kids. And uh, and honestly, I see it made a big difference, uh, as opposed to other people that just push their kids out there and the kids didn't know anything. Um, uh, because my kids was managing their money from their real estate properties. At a young age, they knew how to manage the money when they got to
2: college.
0: Gotcha. See, so what say you?
2: I mean, I love the question
0: because mm-hmm.
2: I got two boys, 21 and 24, mm-hmm. and Mind and somebody. I talk <laughs> I talk to kids all the time when I go back to to Morehouse and and uh, now my kids are at Georgia State. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'd say a couple of things. Number one, college isn't for everyone. College is expensive, um, but you have to get a skill.
0: Yeah. If,
2: if you don't go to college. You still got to get a skill mm-hmm. because a skill is what's going to allow you to make a living, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Now right. you can work and, and pay bills, but to make a living and be able to really have home ownership and savings, you've got to get a skill. Mm-hmm. And so that might mean go, go to a trade school. That might mean go and get certification in some of the IT fields. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a degree for those. Right. And so, the first thing I say is you got to get some kind of degree or some type of skill to be successful. Number two, you've got to start saving, start saving immediately. As soon as you can, you should be saving money. Carl talked about having a, a, a an account, mm-hmm. a bank account. We we gotta have that. That's, gotta have that's that. Beginning. Yeah. And then you should also be looking at maybe opening up like a Vanguard account mm. and having mutual funds mm. or a Charles Schwab account. That's like, a part
0: two show. That's a part two but, show.
2: No, but, but and then also we gotta talk to our kids about when they get that first job and they have a four hundred one k at their off uh, at their job. Mm-hmm. They need to put as the maximum money in there as possible. Mm -hmm. And if they have matching funds, that's free money. Don't walk away from the free money. And so those are the kind of things that we have to do from the beginning. If you start saving money at 21 into an IRA, even if you don't have 401k, but you just save on regular to about $5,000 a year, Mm -hmm. you put it in there every year from 21 to 40, you will be amazed at how much money you have when you're ready to retire. You're not waiting on social security to come to say this is how much I get because you have savings. So we got to do a better job Mm -hmm. of doing that. And kids have to be a little bit humble and understand that you might not be ready to move out. And so because you're not ready to move out of your house, You're going to have to follow your parents' rules. (laughs) You got to follow your parents' rules. You got to not spend your money frivolously. And then you got to be in a situation where you could stay at home with a game plan Mm -hmm. for saving for your down payment, a game plan for starting your retirement savings. If your parents, if you're staying at home and your parents see you, Buying all of this fancy stuff or or smoking marijuana every day, (laughs) uh, that's not going to be conducive to the plan for the game plan. Mm -hmm. But if a parent sees you, my dad used to always say, as long as I see you taking care and helping yourself, I will always help you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what most parents believe. They see you with a game plan. They see you saving money. You could stay at home. Following the rules. Right, of course. Of course. Right? Following the rules that you could stay at home and save money. <laughs> and be in a situation like some of the others that when you move leave this house, you move into your Old own house. house. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got to see us get to. Mm-hmm. I want to see us leave our parents' house and move into our own house. Even if it's a condo, even if it's a townhouse, even if it's the smallest house, Mm -hmm. we got to do a better job of getting that house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And change your circle of friends too. You know, that's very important. Um, These are my, these are my deuces, right? (laughs) Like, so if I have a real estate question, I'm checking with Cecil. If I got financial, I'm talking to Carl, like, Change your circle, like Mm -hmm. level up. Like if you got a goal and everybody ain't talking the same language that you're talking, like change your influencers, like Mm -hmm. for real, because that has helped me from the beginning. That's why I'm able to come to the table and go and buy a house and and know the fundamentals of it, because I'm like, I know somebody has done this. Mm -hmm. The information is out there. Let me talk to those that embody this on a regular basis mm-hmm. to help me, and then we can help other people. But it, we're supposed to show that it can be done.
1: Matter of fact, I just told a, a young man that I'm mentoring, he's 23, he's starting his own business. So I'm walking him through the whole thing, and I just literally told him, I said, every five to ten years, you have to change your circle around. Yeah, and no do. wrong with it. I mean, it just happened. People grow apart, people go in different directions. Yeah, and if you're going to be upwardly mobile, you have to change your circle. Because things are always changing. So if you don't, you're going to stay stagnant or they will bring you down.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're 100% you right do. on that. You do. You got to move like a rocket. Parts going to fall off when you, as you elevate up, but you got to pay it forward. Right? Mm-hmm. So this, you guys paid it forward today. So listen, how can the people find you? Wait a minute. Talk about what you got on the desk, my man over here. You got the books. I got all your books. Talk mm-hmm. about your books, the magazine. Talk about it.
1: All right. Well, how they could reach me is, um, during the pandemic, I wrote some updated books. It was called Surviving, uh, COVID-19. It was a real estate one. It was a credit one. Um, did real good during the pandemic because everybody was home <laughs> and I did free ebooks. I had a big Facebook group. So everybody wanted a free ebook, but you could buy the books on my website. My website for my nonprofit is the agardfinancialfoundation.org. On that, we do credit repair, credit restoration. We help people set up their businesses. We help people with foreclosure prevention with my nonprofit. Um, And then you could purchase my books there. Don't go to Amazon. You could do it directly through the uh, website. And then my magazine is uh, Boss XL Magazine. You could go at bossxlthemag.com. Instagram is the same, Mag. And basically my magazine is on uh, entertainment, entrepreneurship, financial literacy, we're going to get married to medicine in there. You're going to know a lot of folks in here already, you know. But what I do is, you know, I just noticed that there was an alarming trend of negativity in terms of media, um, celebrity gossip, because I had the means to also get information out there. I said, let me do something where people that's on TV, radio, singers could talk about what they got going on. A lot of them got stuff going on. They got nonprofits. They're buying real estate. Some of them got out the music industry now to behind the scenes, you know. And I got tired of people saying, "Oh, what happened to such as? I heard they fall off." No, he's doing good. He's doing something he's just different. Not out there, yeah, but he's doing great. He's doing something different. So, and, and then also, I put a lot of my real estate tips in there, um, credit tips. We have a lot of experts, experts on real estate. Like Cecil gonna be writing about what he just talked about today, you know. So that's what I got with my magazine and my books.
0: Nice stuff. And
1: then y'all could check me out also on Instagram. Carl Agard underscore the money expert. Yeah.
0: Right. Cecil, so how about you? How can the people find you?
2: So Cecil dot com is my uh, website. Mm-hmm. So you can go there if you want to. If you're thinking about selling your house, if you're thinking about buying a house, you can reach out to me there at Cecil dot com. You can send me a email at Cecil Whitmore real estate at Gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Any questions that you might have, you can send it there. I'll I'll respond to you at that point. I'm on all social media. Yes, Cecil C Witt mm-hmm. on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, please reach out to yeah. me. Yeah, I want to help. I, I'm I'm in the business the of helping folks. Yeah, he likes right. helping. I'm not in the business. If you just want someone to open doors, I'm not your guy. Mm-mm. If you want somebody just to agree with you. On real estate, I'm not your guy. I'm going to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. I want to see us win. Awesome. And all my clients, that's my job.
0: Awesome. This was, this was, I love it. I need a part two. Can I have a
1: part two? Oh, always. This was really good. Went fast too. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, oh, there's so much a- stuff we didn't get to talk, touch on, but yeah. we did good. But well, we
0: did, we did fundamentals. We did mm. one-on-one. And so we'll, I'll bring you guys back and we'll talk some more. Listen, that's my time. You know me, Real Chicks Rock. I'm everywhere Check out the website, RealChicksRock.com, cop that merchandise. We got that out there. I'm on formerly known as Twitter X. Eh. Now, right? It's on X. Um, Facebook, Real Chicks Rock. I'm just everywhere. But listen, before I go, those of you that know WBLS 107.5 yeah. in New York, yeah. Frankie Crocker, he would always say this before he leave. May you live to be a hundred, and I live to be a hundred minus a day. So I never knew that beautiful people like you. At Passed Away. Till next time, wow, love it. take it's care, good. be well, and rock there on. I go. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast today. Be sure to like it, leave your comments, and share it with a friend. If you have a product or service you'd like to have promoted during the show, please contact us at info at realchicksrock.com, and we'll send you the details. We're reaching the masses, and we would love for you to join us on the ride. Until next time, take care and continue to rock on.